Hi, and welcome to Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. Our focus here on Healing Quest is a healthy lifestyle, and for us that includes integrative and energy medicine to help us all achieve optimum well-being. Well, thanks for joining us today. You know, we sure hope that you're all healthy and stand dry, uh, but we have some terrific natural health information to share with you. We're, we're going to be discussing an herbal supplement that for all our female listeners is truly life-changing when, it, uh, when menopause arrives. Uh, I think everybody, any of the women out there that have experienced that or, or going through that would agree. And many of the men who uh, are part of their life would also agree that it's um, it's an interesting period. So the plant is called Krilla. It's C-R-I-L-A. And it's recently been the subject of a clinical study, which concluded that it is 93% effective in reducing symptoms like night sweats and hot flashes. Wow. I, I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah, 93%. You heard that right. Right. It's and- a big number. That's almost perfect. <laughs> In fact, uh, the study covered a total of 29 menopausal symptoms and found that Krilla was extremely effective in reducing all 29 of those symptoms. So it's very exciting news for any woman who's had to deal with symptoms like these because they can last for months, they can even last for years, and they can be very disruptive to daily life. I would say, as Roy just did, pretty exciting for the guys, too, if they've had to deal with a significant other dealing with symptoms like night sweats and hot flashes. Yeah, and, and co-workers. I think <laughs> I think there's a, I think there's an effect which uh, it goes beyond the, the the lady involved. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, I remember when uh, when we went to uh, Vietnam. Gosh, about ten years ago, I think now uh, to cover a story on Krilla when we were first hearing about this wonderful herb, which was which used to be. Um, the herb that was only reserved for the royal family when Vietnam was a monarchy. Anyway, uh, we went there to find out more about it. And I remember sitting in in a restaurant in one of the places where we were doing some interviews, I think, and this woman that had been in uh, a study that they had done in Vietnam about uh, you know menopause, and she was taking the krilla, and you know she did not want to give it. She did not want to give it back at the end of the study, that's for sure. And she was saying... That that I think she said something like she had like forty hot flashes a day, or I mean, some yeah. real, oh, even maybe more than that. It might yeah. have even been more than that. But it was a it was a lot. And I've heard Sue uh, McKinney say this too, and and she's uh, the 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 CEO of of Krilla Health, and that women, you know, they try to hide this, especially you know if you're working and you and you're having hot flashes, off and on during the day. Unfortunately, um, a lot of men don't understand that and and unfortunately women feel like they have to hide it and just power through so what's the good news is um that this uh, we we believe um and the science seems to believe uh, that this krilla this herb uh crinum latifolium is actually um really helping women deal with these symptoms also on our show today are not one but two wild women. Hmm, Michelle Bernhardt and Kelly Sullivan Walden. That's true. That is true. Michelle Bernhardt, who is our resident astrologer, who I I believe, if you're a regular listener, again, thank you very much. Uh, You know that Michelle brings us an astrological forecast at the beginning of every month. And she's an amazing astrologer, numerologist spiritual teacher absolutely and and healer and she is just a very gifted intuitive she is definitely a wild woman and when i say wild woman what i mean by that 
is um, someone who's willing to live authentically and show up and be themselves. I like to say wild women aren't whiners. Um, I, I think it's just living from a real authentic place and, and, and speaking your truth and, and being who you are. And there's a lot more than that. But these two women, um, Michelle Bernhardt and Kelly Sullivan Walden, who's going to be in my Wild Woman Wisdom segment at the, uh, the last act of the show. And we're going to be talking about um, dream circles. We have one coming up uh, the first Wednesday of every month, which would be the 8th of March. So stay tuned and make sure you listen to what Kelly has to say about dreaming. It's fascinating. And if you're a dreamer and you really want to have a better understanding of them, uh, join us. You can join us, and we'll tell you how to do that in the fourth act. So we want you to know about all of that. But first, we want to share some natural health updates, starting with some titillating news about keeping our brain healthy. Well, researchers at Oxford and Coventry Universities in England say frequent sex can boost brain power in adults over 50. They found that people who engage in weekly sexual activity scored higher on verbal and visual tests. That's not- yeah, well, That's the first good news. The first test <laughs> measured verbal fluency, which was, for example, naming as many animals as possible in 60 seconds. The second determined visual and spatial ability, like copying a complex design. The study expanded on previous research, which found that frequent sex boosted scores on cognitive tests for those over 50. The new results were published in the Journal of Gerontology. So, so we're talking about big good news here. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, second, we have a warning about a bone health tsunami that could be coming to many parts of the world. A review by experts at Brown University shows that global calcium consumption is dangerously low in many parts of the world, including Asia, Africa, and South America. Now, the average daily recommended allowance is about 1,000 milligrams a day. The Brown analysis shows that only Americans and Europeans are getting that much. Um, Asia had the lowest average intake and often less than 400 milligrams a day. So that low intake puts millions of people at risk for bone fractures and osteoporosis. The study's author says he wants his report to serve as a reminder to Americans to make sure they continue to get enough calcium to keep their bones healthy. Next, we have details on a study that could change the way you exercise. The research was conducted by the American Osteopathic Association. In the study, one group spent 30 minutes once a week exercising together in a core strengthening program. The other group exercised individually and did whatever they wanted. Hmm. At the end of 12 weeks, everyone was measured for mental, physical, and emotional changes. The group exercises showed much bigger improvements across the board than did the individuals who worked out alone. That's interesting. So if you're taking a class, you might get more benefit, I guess. The study's author says that the benefits of coming together, doing something challenging, and encouraging one another pays dividends far beyond exercise alone. That makes sense. Yeah. Wait until you hear what researchers at Stanford University have done. They've debunked a longstanding myth about marijuana. Hmm. Well, the myth involves medical concerns that frequent marijuana use may impair sexual desire or performance. But the Stanford experts say the exact opposite may be true. Their findings are based on an analysis of more than 50,000 Americans aged 25 to 45 and covered both sexes on and all races, ages, education levels, and income groups. What they find, Roy? The study's author says frequent marijuana use doesn't seem to impair sexual motivation or performance. In fact, he says it appears to be associated with increased sexual activity. More good news, I guess, depending on... I guess it depends on on, on, how you feel about marijuana. Anyway, the findings were published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine. 
If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're talking about the latest research in the world of natural health. You know, I'm sure that report on pot and sex got a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'd like to spotlight something else in our research roundup. That study from Brown University about what they call the bone health tsunami that's coming in many parts of the world because global calcium consumption is dangerously low in so many places. Well, the news is better here in the U.S., but for me, the report serves as a real reminder about how important it really is to make sure we're getting enough calcium to to keep our bones healthy. And calcium is only one way to support bone health. You know, another key ingredient is vitamin K2, which some scientists say could be one of the most important dietary supplements in the U.S. and Europe since it's not found in sufficient quantities in the Western diet. To help us understand all that, we have with us today Kieran Krishnan, a renowned microbiologist and the chief science officer for a company that's now producing a version of this vitamin called Vitamin K2-7. Kieran, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be here. Kieran, I know that a vitamin K27 is now available from Just Thrive. So what's the significance of the Dash 7? So that's really important. So there's a, a couple of different forms of vitamin K2 particularly. We talked about K1 earlier. Now just on K2 that you'll find K24 and K27. K24 is actually a synthetic version of vitamin K2. It was approved as a drug a long time ago in Japan Since then, some companies have been utilizing it in the U.S. supplement market uh, because it's a much cheaper source of vitamin K2. The problem with it is it is a synthetic product. And when when it's a synthetic product and not a natural product, you've got all of these kind of side uh, compounds in there, you know, chemical compounds from the synthesis of the compound that we don't really know what they are, what they do. The other problem is vitamin K24 has a very short half-life in the body. It only lasts for about three and a half to four hours based on its half-life. Hmm. Now, vitamin K27 is the natural version that you find in the, in the natural world. It's produced by bacteria, good bacteria, friendly bacteria, and it's produced typically from fermentation. Hmm. And K27 lasts for over 72 hours in your body. So it, can ha- it has the time to get in, build up levels within your body, and then get to all of the critical tissues that need it. How do we get vitamin K in our diet? So that's a really or important K2, question. K2, I should say. <laughs> yeah, K2 and K27. So K1, yeah. as we mentioned, those leafy yeah. greens. K2 um, actually is co- almost completely absent in the Western diet. Um, and that's, mm. a, that's a scary thing about it. You know, So vitamin K2 is critical for preventing heart disease. It's critical for preventing osteoporosis. And so when we look at these two conditions that have many, many prescription drugs, that, that are supposed to support those conditions, we look at the prevalence rate of the use of those prescription drugs. They keep going up every year. Take statins as an example, yeah. right? Statin use goes up every single year. It's a number one drug for cardiovascular disease. And yet the prevalence rate and incidence rate of cardiovascular disease keeps going up as well. So clearly the statins aren't really affecting the, the outcome of the disease. But then what we start to see is a, is a more direct correlation with the with the availability of vitamin K27 in the diet and the increased risk for heart disease and diabetes and so on. So in our diet, in the Western diet, we get almost no vitamin K27 at all. We are all clinically deficient in it because you're supposed to get it from eating organ meat, eating animal brains, which we don't eat. Um, We don't eat much organ meat either. And then certain types of fermented foods like a fermented soybean called natto Mm -hmm. in Japan, or there's certain 
fermented cheeses in Northern Europe. That's really basically it. You can get some in grass-fed butter. You can get a small amount in egg yolk. Okay. But those tend to be very small amounts. So basically, we're talking about K2-7 needs to be taken as a supplement. This is really the only way you're really going to get what you need. Are you saying that by taking K2-7 that it's like taking something for osteoporosis, like a pharmaceutical drug that actually helps the bones get stronger or more dense? Yeah. So, uh, in fact, um, and that's that's an important question because, in fact, K2-7, um, and then as I mentioned earlier, K2-4, the different versions of K2 are actually approved in numerous countries around the world as a prescription treatment for osteoporosis. The K2 that we use in, in our product actually is used as a prescription treatment in four different countries in Asia as um, a treatment for osteoporosis. That's now what, yeah, and what K2 does, it actually strengthens the bone. It reduces fracture rates, and that's really the key. Mm-hmm. You know, the bone mineralization, you know, just looking at how much minerals are, are pasted onto the bone, it's not really a, a perfect indicator of the strength of the bone or your risk for fracture. It's really the, the the honeycomb structure of the bone, and that's what K2 helps is the actual strength. To give you an example, there's a nurse's health study out of Japan. I think it was something around 90,000 patients. They showed that vitamin K2 intake reduced hip fracture rates by almost 80%. I think this is like just the beginning of what we're going to hear about K2, vitamin K2 and K2-7 here in the years coming up. It seems like this is a big thing. Absolutely, yeah, and especially when you start looking at vitamin D and calcium intake, Vitamin K2 becomes absolutely critical because you could be hurting yourself more than helping when you're taking vitamin D and calcium without K2. Thank you so much for your time today. We've been speaking with Karan Krishnan, a renowned microbiologist, about vitamin K27 and the remarkable range of benefits it delivers. You know, it's really interesting. Karan reminded us of K2's connection with uh, Weston A. Price, a dentist from the 1930s, whose work we really admire. He studied the role of K2 all those many decades ago, and he determined that it was really important in how good the bones and teeth were of the non-industrialized people in various parts of the world. So it's been a while. K2's been around, uh, and now it's more important than ever because we need it. If we're taking vitamins A and D, we needed to make sure that it activates the calcium from those and they go to the right place. And as Kieran touched on, vitamin K2-7 is good for more than just supporting our bone health. It's also good for heart health and circulation, plus our nervous system and our brain. So it's good for a lot of things. You can learn more about vitamin K2-7 from Just Thrive Health at our website, HealingQuest.tv. That's HealingQuest.tv. In all the years we've been reporting on natural health supplements, I'd say that vitamin K27 is one of the most impressive products that I've encountered. I would agree. I mean, I I take it uh, for my bones, but there's a lot of reasons to take it. You know, we, we try to take it every day, and we believe all of us would benefit from doing the same thing. So, again, you can learn more on our website. Up next in our show, details on that good news we told you about at the top of the show. Good news that involves an all-natural way to deal with menopausal symptoms. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And you're listening to Healing Quest on iHeartRadio. Radio. 